time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. There's success and then there's significance. And sometimes we confuse the two. We kind of think that if we are successful, that we have enough zeros in our bank account or enough cars in the garage or whatever it is that we count as success, that somehow that will make us significant. The problem is there comes that time when you've chased and chased and achieved and achieved and you still realize that something is not quite there. Well, today I've got a guest that's going to answer that question for us. Aaron Walker is the author of View from the Top, and he is also a coach and runs a number of masterminds, which is a way of having accountability in your life. But more than that, Aaron has a story about how he started with his own process of entrepreneurship and success in business from a very early age. He was a very uh, relational person from the beginning and only realized the importance of those relationships later in life when he had a tragic accident that he'll tell you about. And at that point, he realized after doing some healing and after moving through that, that he wanted to do something to bring even more significance into his life, not for him to be significant, not for people to look at him and say, look at him, but to have people living out more and more of their own significance because of his influence in their life. So today, as I talk with Aaron, we'll be talking about the place of integrity in your life, the place of significance in your life, and how vulnerability pulls that all together so that you find your own journey and your own purpose in life. So let me let you listen in as Aaron and I have a wonderful discussion about significance. This is a pretty exciting interview for me because, uh, Aaron, uh, I have listened to you on interviews and I have listened to your uh, book on, on audio. So big fan of all of your stuff. And I keep hearing about you from big people in my life. So um, big A, as uh, all your friends talk about, <laughs> uh, is with us today. And he is the author of View from the Top. But I want you to tell us some. Um, Aaron, you have a long history of entrepreneurship that goes back. I mean, you... You even got yourself out of high school early in order to jump into that. So tell us a little bit about your story. And also, I really want to uh, talk some about that, that shift that came later in life with a big event and what came out of that. So just tell us a little bit about yourself and, and how you got to here. Well, Lee, first of all, thank you for having me on. I can't tell you how much it means to me. I'm humbled that you would invite me to be your guest. And so thank you first and foremost for that. I'll try not to make this too boring. I'll, uh, I'll go back a few years, 41 years, uh, Lee, this year. I've been an entrepreneur. I started early in high school with our first business, and then we sold out to a Fortune 500 when I was 27 took a little bit of time off and went back and uh, bought the company I started with when I was 13 years old. And we had a great run for about 10 years. We really built that business uh, about four times the size it was over about a 10-year period. And then uh, the event that you're referencing happened in 2001, about 18 years ago. I was headed to the office Things were great, man. I have two beautiful daughters and a great wife and a beautiful home. And we had all the stuff, you know, it was like utopia, that kind of life. I was working three days a week. My partner was working the other three days. And it was 7.30 in the morning, August 1st, 2001. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was headed to the office 
and uh, unfortunately had a horrific automobile accident and a pedestrian lost his life uh, as, uh, as I went down Gallatin Pike here in Nashville. And it was a very traumatic experience, Lee, for me. Matter of fact, that very day uh, after I had run over this pedestrian, uh, he didn't see me coming. He just crossed the street and he was trying to catch a bus. And he was 77 years old. His name was Enrique. He was from the Philippines originally, and he lived here in Nashville for about 30 years. At the time, I live in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, his family told me later that he couldn't see well, and he'd been warned over and over not to go out alone, but he did anyway. And uh, I drew the straw. You know, it was uh, it was uh, it was terrible, but. I took five years off, Lee. I didn't do anything. I sold the business. It was very stressful, needless to say. And Robin and I built another house and we traveled pretty extensively and saw a lot of counselors and had a lot of friends come to my aid and really kind of walked me back through that. And uh, about five years later, Robin woke me up from a nap and she said, you're getting fat and lazy again. It's time for you to go back to work. And so we did. We went in the construction industry and uh, spent several years there, built a pretty successful construction company. And then eight years ago, when I turned 50, I retired. I said, I'm done. I'm finished. And I was in my mastermind group, uh, Dave Ramsey and Dan Miller and Ken Abraham. Some of those guys were in our mastermind group and Dan leading over the table. And he said, Big A, what are you going to do now? And I laughed and I was going to get a chuckle out of the room. I leaned over and I said, nothing. I said, I'm going to go to the Caribbean. I'm going to sit on the front porch of one of those little tiki huts and I'm going to rock myself into an oblivion. Mm. And he never cracked a smile, Lee. He leaned over the table and he pointed at me and he said, that's the most selfish thing I've ever heard you say. And the room was dead quiet. <laughs> I wanted to poke Dan in the eye. I wanted to be like, what <laughs> I've been working since I was 13, man. Yeah. I'm tired. He said, you're so young and you've had some success and you need to coach other people. You need to help other people have that level of success. And so I prayed about it, thought about it. Dave Ramsey invited me to do the Entree Leadership Mastery Series for free. Don't tell anybody I told you it was for free, but I did it. And Lee, I fell in love with coaching. So a couple of guys called me and said, Big A, would you coach me? And I started it and I started doing podcast interviews. And fast forward, you know, here we are today. We have 15 mastermind groups. We have 150 men from eight different countries around the world. I get to coach people every day, helping them become more successful and significant as they do this thing that we're calling life. And I'm having absolutely uh, the most incredible experience I've ever had. So let's just kind of drop back for a minute there to, to your story. Uh, you know, it's not like you weren't, uh, you weren't sitting on your, your rear, you know, throughout your life and then suddenly woke up one day. I mean, you had a drive from an early age. I did. So you pushed hard uh, for, uh, you know, I, I know some of uh, your family story from your, your other work. So you, you came out uh, trying to find success. You, you did that multiple times. And so it wasn't like you weren't awake, but what I've realized for myself, and, and I'm, I'm wondering, Aaron, what that was for you, is sometimes you think you're awake and then you get a wake up call, you know, the alarm goes off and right. something really catches your attention and you realize you're not doing something, right? Something else is, is called on. And, and it sounds like that accident did that. It took you uh, some years to kind of move through that, grieve through that and rebuild through that. But what do you think was the, 
um, the, the big switch for you of what became important and, and maybe even what no longer was important? Yeah, that's a great question. Lee, what I discovered through this process was I had a great amount of success, but no significance. And nobody cared but my family. You know, it's like we had a nice house and a vacation place and all the tangible toys, you know, but nobody cared. And I was thinking, what if I had been killed that day? What if it was me? What if I'd have stepped off at 40 years old, stepped off the sidewalk in downtown Nashville and a bus ran over me? What would people have said? Uh, how would they have eulogies? I can't say it, eulogy. How would they given my eulogy? I said, what they would have said was poor kid from Nashville, Tennessee, makes enough money to retire at 27 and nobody cares. Yeah. And I felt terrible. And I said, that's not what I wanted to be. What I wanted to be is how Lee's life is better as a result of having interacted with me. That's what I want my legacy to be, right? And so I said, God, if you'll give me one more chance, I'll go out there. I'll be the giver. I won't be the taker. I'll make sure other people are more successful. I'll help. I'll give. I'll edify and encourage and lift up if you'll give me one more chance. And that's what we've been able to do, Lee, uh, for the past 18 years. You know what's funny about that? It's just the way God intended it, I think, is that when we do it right, like we're really successful financially today, more so than other companies in the past, but we're twice as successful, if not three times more successful significantly, right? My focus now is really on other people. And then you get back that natural reciprocity as a result of people wanting to do business with you. It's just the right way to do business. You know, you use that word significance and um, it's, it's one of my top words um, at my uh, work now around the significance code is, points to that. But my concern is always when people hear that, that, you know, they want to be significant. And a lot of times they imagine like their name on a building, you know, like somebody will look and say, wow, they must have been important rather than seeing a level of significance. Can you talk a little bit about what you see as that, that difference? What's, what's the difference between what often people say, I want to be significant, meaning I want people to think I was great versus what you're talking about? Yeah, to be honest, that's not at all what I'm talking about right. when I talk about being significant. I, I don't even, quite honestly, think about my name being up on a building or, you know, being a donor for this thing and we named this thing after you're a plaque or a star in the sidewalk. I'm thinking, like, how can I transform the lives of the people that are around me? Yeah. How can I reach out and change his family tree? What is it that I can do to catapult him to the next level that maybe he can't do without my help. But what is it that I can do to introduce him to somebody that he needs to meet? How can I lift him up and encourage him, hold his arms up when he's tired? How can I help that guy achieve greatness? And that's not always financially. It could be a strong word because our words, Lee, mean something. And when you come along to a young man and you grab him by the shoulders and you look at him in the eye and you say, Lee, you can do this thing, man. I've watched you from afar and I know you can do it. And when you breathe life into that guy, he builds his self-esteem and his self-confidence and he pushes through those upper limit challenges. That is significant in the lives of other people. We need those mentors and those coaches. That's what I mean by significance. Yeah, that's a great, de- I mean, that, that really points to it. It's, it's about doing things that are significant for the world, you know, not doing things to kind of make ourselves feel significant. And 
and I don't think there's anything wrong with that feeling of feeling good about what you're doing, but I always feel that there's uh, the danger of emptiness when people say, oh, I want to be significant. Like I want, you know, I want everybody to think highly of me rather than I want to be doing great, significant things, which brings out another word I know that you're interested in and, and interested in and live it. And one that I think is important, which is about integrity. Where do the, you see those two pieces inter, interplay? Yeah, I appreciate that. If you don't mind, I'm going to stay on significance for a minute. I have a couple other thoughts about this. And you said something really important that makes me want to talk about this further. What you said was, is you want other people talking about you. A lot of people want other people to talk. Let me give you a little hint. (laughs) Other people are not talking about you like you think they're talking about you. (laughs) I want to tell you, including me, we're not important enough for people to sit around the table and talk about us, whether it's good or bad. Let me tell you how it goes most of the time. Hey, did you hear Lee had this failure? No, I didn't. Hey, would you pass the mashed potatoes? I mean, I need something else to That's about the extent of anybody's conversation. None of us are that important. We got our own life going on. Yet here, Lee, here's the thing. But it's the thing that holds us down the most. People are afraid of failure. That They're afraid that people are going to talk about them. They're just not, I learned, here's what I call it, the 18-30-60 rule. When you're 18, you think everybody's talking about you, right? When you get 30, you don't care. And then when you get 60, you find out they weren't talking about you to begin with. And I want to encourage you guys today to think through that. Don't let other people hold you down thinking that they're talking about you to breathe life into other people to help them be more significant. So, all right, let's talk about integrity. Yeah, yeah, I I will say, Aaron, I do think that uh, for a lot of people, uh, they keep thinking people are Talk or thinking about them until they're well past thirty. So I think you might be. Well, that's probably true. Maybe I was being generous, yeah, but yeah, you're I probably think, right. But. Yeah, I think that's a midlife shift when you go. Oh, I okay. don't care anymore. Yeah. Uh, all right, here I'm sixty, and let me tell y'all, people are not talking about you like they <laughs> you think they are. Uh, integrity is everything. My dad never made over fifteen thousand dollars a year in his life. My dad was an honorable man. He shook your hand. It was a deal. I didn't care what happened. And he taught me integrity. He didn't teach me anything about business because he wasn't a good businessman. But my dad taught me character. He taught me integrity. He said, if you tell somebody you're going to do something, you them better well do it. And all I can tell you is, is that everything's riding on it. Because here's the thing. We build a lifetime of uh, integrity. One thing tears it down. Yeah. And we got to be so careful where we go, who we're with what we watch, what we drink, the things we talk about. We got to be so careful because people are watching you. I promise you, my little grandkids are watching me every day. And if Big A does it, it's okay. So I got to be careful what I do. And listen, integrity is all we really have at the end of the day. Listen, you can take my business. You you can take my cars. You can take my vacation. You can take all that stuff. But you can't take my integrity away from me. And I want to encourage you guys today, man, hold it near and dear because it's important. You know, I I do find that such an important thing because it's something I get to control. I can't control what other people think of me. You know, they they may not like me, but I I would prefer somebody say, yeah, I don't really like him, but man, you know, he stands by his word. And and then there are others who are going to say, man, I love him. He stands by his word. I would rather stick with the things that I can control. Uh, I can't control their opinion, but I can sure control how I live out my life with integrity or not. Let's dive into that for a second. So conflict, uh, you said, uh, have, you'd rather people know where you stand on something 
and they know exactly Lee and your integrity. So do y'all realize that you can't have any influence without conflict? Hmm. You can be a person of great integrity, but the level of your influence is directly proportionate to your level of conflict. Let me tell you what I mean by that. Uh, we talked about Dave just a little earlier, and we're friends. Dave takes a very hard stance, takes a very hard position. Not everybody agrees with him, but you know where he stands. He's a man of integrity. He doesn't waver from that, but he has 12 million listeners a month because he stands on his principles. He doesn't waver. Other people don't like him. They say there's a different way, but you can't have influence on anybody unless you take a position, unless you take a stand, but you can do that with great integrity. Yeah. And, you know, just yesterday, my wife and I were talking about Dave. <laughs> so it's interesting you bring him up and about how polarizing it is. And I said, you know, his message may be polarizing, but the people who need to hear it resonate with it. And nobody 100%. else is his audience anyway. You know, that's right. so that he's picking his audience by saying clearly what he stands for and what he believes. Right. And that is his place of integrity. It's not, not just that, but the fact that he, he also lives out what he talks about. So I, I find those pieces to be such important clues into how, right. how are we going to do this significant thing? Because let's talk some about your mastermind. And in that mastermind group, you're as uh, vulnerable and open as everybody else is in that group, correct? You know, here's the thing, Lee, is that if you're facilitating a group or you're coaching or you even have friends, let's just say you're in neither, but you have three or four friends, your friends will only go as deep with you as you do with them. Mm -hmm. And the leader has to step up and be very vulnerable and transparent and authentic. That gives the other participants permission to do the same. And I'm very, very open and I'm quick to point out my faults, my blind spots. Uh, hopefully I have a superpower too, but if it's an Achilles heel uh, situation or a blind spot, I'm quick to point it out. Others are quick to point it out as well because I've given them permission to do that. But that's where you grow. See, we can't help you. If you've got a facade, if you're keeping people at arm's length, isolation is the enemy to excellence. And if you really want to take your life to the next level, you've got to let that imaginary veil down. You've got to let the facade go and you've got to go, I don't have all the answers. The people that's listening to me right now, they only show their best pictures on Facebook and on Instagram and Snapchat. You never show you and your wife in the bedroom arguing because you don't have enough money to pay the mortgage. Nobody does that. But the truth is, Everybody has those arguments. Everybody has those challenges. And when you are real and genuine and you say, hey, I don't have it all figured out. These are areas that I need support. This is where I haven't learned yet. Please circle around me and help me to be a better person in this area. People come running to your aid. But when you try to pretend like you've got it all together, oh, everything's great. We got plenty of money and got all the business side figured out. And the truth is, is the world is collapsing around you yeah. and yeah. you don't have anybody that's there to help you and support you because you're not being authentic and transparent. Trust in a few trusted advisors that are non-biased to come to your aid and help you be the man or woman you were called to be. Which brings up what I think keeps people from doing that. So let's talk a little bit about fear. It's one of my favorite topics. Uh, so do you, do you think that, I mean, is that where you see it happening? That so There's something that, that um, people fear that keeps them from being that vulnerable and allowing yeah. people to know them. 
Yeah. What I want to ask everybody is what do you sedate gum afraid of? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so you lose the money, let's start over, right? The thing that you don't want to lose is your health and your relationships. Everything else we can replace. I have yeah. a saying, I say fear missing an opportunity more than you fear failure. I don't even believe in failure. I think you either learn or you succeed. Yeah. And take those things and don't do them again and tweak the dials and be willing for it not to work. You know, Jeff Bezos in the book, The Bezos Letters, I just finished reading, they fail on purpose and they do it as fast as they can. And it's a foreign concept to many people. There's nothing wrong with what you want to call failure. Well, in fact, uh, Amazon's plan is to learn from the failure. I mean, they purposely set it up. So they try an experiment that didn't work, but what did they learn and how did that morph into the next thing? Um, I, you know, so I do jujitsu and there's, we use that phrase a lot about you either win or you learn. Um, and, and I was sitting there talking to my instructor and I said, you know, I think that we need to change that to we either we learn or we learn. I mean, either way, that's what it's about. I mean, even if we say I won, it's really the learning that's important uh, because I think what happens in that you win or you lose piece is it's ego driven, right? I, I lose that's ego but then I realized that winning is ego too. I mean, it's, it's more fun to win than not, but sure. there's still that piece that I think is important to just say, this is just learning, whatever I learn from what goes well, I learn from what goes badly. And the fear um, is, it's not irrelevant, but it's, it ends up being background noise when we go at it that way. Yeah, there's a healthy fear, right? I think that we need to have a healthy fear. Like if a bear comes walking up to me, I need to be afraid, right? I need to get, that's protection. But we don't need to be a fearful of things that, first of all, that we can't control. Here's what happens is, is most people end up being average. And you know what average is? It's as close to the bottom as you are at the top. Yeah. And what we need to do is excel. We've only got one life. This is not, you know, this is not the trial run. This is it. And if you're going to experience life to its fullest, there's a certain amount of inherent risk that you've got to do because where there is no great risk, there is no great rewards. And so there has to be a certain level of risk. Yeah. So one of the things that I talk about is fear. Uh, we, we use it as an avoidance indicator. You know, I got to avoid that. It makes me fearful. And I like to turn that around and say it's an importance indicator. You know, if you're fearful about something, it's probably telling you to pay attention. It's not probably, it's telling you to pay attention, but it's probably also showing you the way to something important. And uh, sometimes we avoid uh, that path. And so it it occurs to me that that moment for you uh, in that accident in 2001 um, had to have been one of those points when you went, man, one life. How am I going to spend it? You know, I wrote a book called View from the Top. And in the book, uh, there's a chapter titled Blindsided. And it blindsided me. I mean, 40 years old, everything was wonderful. And then, boom, out of the dark, man, came this thing that radically changed my life. And what I came to realize through that process was is how fragile life is. And I'm like, man, I want to have a great legacy. I want people to stand up and say, hey, he enjoyed himself. He was a great dad, a great husband. But when your sole focus is on making money and building businesses and you're offering your family on the altar of, you know, more, uh, you're going to come home one day with a pocket full of money to a house full of strangers. Mm -hmm. When somebody else is watching your kid play baseball and somebody else is watching your little girl play piano and you're at the office making some more money, 
I say, let the office suffer. I say that you've only got one shot with those kids. You don't want to waste it living your life building to get more, bigger, better, shinier, faster things. When those kids' dependence is wrapped around your leadership, those kids didn't have a choice. And the dad or mom needs to be at home raising those kids in an environment that to teach them, not let some other uh, person teach them or watch them. You need to be there for little Bobby and Susie. Uh, because uh, they don't get another go through with you. So we need to really protect that time. What you're really talking about is is the uh, centrality of relationship over um, achievement. Well, I don't know about you, but I'd rather be broke and have an intact family uh, than I had plenty of money and kids that didn't know me. And many places I messed up over the course of my life. But I want to tell you, that's one place that early, early on that I spent too much time at work and this wreck really pulled it to the front and center saying, you better pay attention because you may not get another chance, Mm. uh, you know, to go through with this. So yes, a hundred percent. I think that we need to spend an inordinate amount of time with our children, with our spouse and really admire the family unit. hundred percent. What I noticed uh, when I was listening to your story is the relationship importance wasn't new to you. I mean, as I read your story, uh, your your business stuff, you build a business based on relationship. Yes. So this is not a new piece, but it, it feels like the importance of that, kind of maybe recognizing how valuable that is, maybe recognizing um, some piece of yourself that's always been there, but how important that piece was became the real piece. Because you, you're, you're, this chapter of your life is all about relationship. I mean, you, the, the coaching, the piece, the mastermind work is all right. relationship. Yeah. You know, quite honestly, most businesses are. And when you take the relationship, relationship piece out of it, it's just a transactional experience. And uh, I would have even built relationships even deeper and faster uh, had I known earlier. You know, you mature. I mean, as you grow, you find out some of these things. And I don't want to ever make money and tangible possessions sound evil. I love to make money. I want to make more of it. And I want you to make more of it. I hate it when people with money go, money's not important. I want to go, you liar. It is important. Mm-hmm. It's, you can't pay your bills without it. You can't help people without it. Can't go on vacation, buy groceries. It is important. Just don't make it your God. Don't make it the only reason you're doing what you're doing. And I love to make money. My friend, Rabbi Daniel Lappin says, and thou shalt prosper. It's an exchange right? It's a certificate of appreciation they give you for a job well done. And we need those. But I want to encourage the listeners today to really put it in perspective. Uh, Give money the value that it deserves, not let it control your life. So this view from the top, talk a little bit about what that, what's the top? You know, everybody has to decide that for themselves, Lee. There's no way that I could say this is the type of life you should live. And everybody has to decide that. We were thinking about the name of the company and my son-in-law was sitting there and he said, Big A, what is it that you want people to do interacting with you? And I said, I want them to live life to its fullest, to its maximum. He said, you want them to have their own view from the top. Mm-hmm. And it hit, man, like you hit me. And I said, that's the name, you from the top. 
And that's exactly what we try to help people do. A lot of people, you know, were raised in an environment where they didn't have a mentor or an encourager or somebody to help them. And that's the reason we formed these mastermind groups. You know, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So what I'm trying to do is assimilate a lot of great people to help be that for you in your life. And so the average, (laughs) that's exactly what we've done. And so uh, you are that average. And I just want these trusted advisors surrounding people on a daily basis to help you live life to its fullest. And so we want you to have your view from the top. Yeah, that's, it's great. And and what it, it allows people to do is to experience um, that authenticity, uh, that integrity. Uh, I know y'all track that, um, ongoing, you know, the, how people can be authentic and, and have integrity, because that's so hard to do in today's world. I mean, your friends don't want you to just tell them all your details. <laughs> they usually don't right, want to know right. you that well. So right. you're creating a space for that, but also of accountability. Um, so talk a little bit of how you see that, that process of accountability being so important for development. You know, it's a twofold uh, topic. Uh, some people say that no one can hold you accountable. Others will say, I need accountability. Mm-hmm. So let the listener make their own decision. But I know for me personally, if I didn't have accountability, I've been meeting with three gentlemen every Friday morning at 6 a.m. at Panera Bread to have breakfast for decades. And if I didn't have these men in my life, I don't know where I would be today because they asked me the pointed, hard questions very direct, difficult, private questions they ask. And I'm not going to lie to them, right? I mean, I'm not going to go in there and go, oh, I didn't do this and this. I'm going to tell them the truth. But I don't want to go in there and be the loser. I want to go in there and go, yes, I was able to accomplish this. And I'm being the husband I should be. And I'm not watching stuff on TV that I shouldn't. And I'm not drinking things that I shouldn't. And I'm saving money for the future well-being of my family. And I'm working hard. I'm really paying attention to my faith. And I'm really diving into that. I don't want to go in there and go, loser, loser, loser. I'm not doing any of those things. Because listen, you got a family that's trusting in you to get better. Well, I can't get better by myself. I need people around me to help me to be the guardrails. And so in our mastermind group, we have an accountability tool that they fill out. There's 10 questions they answer every single week. And we track the results. And we just notice, hey, Lee, it's been like three weeks in a row. You've got a three on your, are you taking care of your wife well? And you having date night and you're like, man, I need to. So next Friday night, we're expecting you to go on a date, right? Or are you losing weight? Are you exercising? Are you saving money, et cetera? And if I see a one in that saving money, I'm like, what are you going to do at retirement? How are you going to take care of your family? What are you doing about college? And then you're like, okay, I got to get a savings plan. So now every week we're asking that question. And Lee and our mastermind group, we're having so many wins. It's unbelievable because we're at that high level accountability. So let me just ask you a question. Can you answer yes, tens on all these things alone? Are you doing a great job? If so, you don't need accountability. (laughs) But if not, I would suggest that you enlist some partners to be held accountable and watch your life transform. 
That's such a, a powerful thing. So to back up, you talked about how, you know, some people would say you can't be accountable. Nobody can hold you accountable except for yourself. And in essence, that's what you're doing with that group. You've handed them resp- the, the ability right. to ask Given you the powerful permission. questions, but it's still up to you. I mean, they, right. if you if you say, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. It's not like they're going to turn their back on you or somehow do anything else. It's just that they're asking you to check in. And it's mutual, which yeah. But who wants to go in there every week and not having done the things that you know to do? For and sure. So, as a result of that, if you're worth your salt at all, you're going to man up, step up, or be the yeah. lady that you should be, and you're going to go do the right things, and then everyone wins as a result of it. Uh, otherwise, you're you're not using that that process at all. I mean, if you right. if you're going to go in every time and say, "Yeah, no, I didn't do that," then you're you're wasting a lot of energy. But that piece of um, having people to reply to that about things you probably don't have conversations about with anyone else. No, man, there's stuff that I allow them to ask me. There was no way I would let somebody else ask me that because it's very intimate things. I mean, I don't want every person on the planet knowing all my business, but there are a few select people that I want to subject myself to their scrutiny. I, I give them permission call me out because I want to be better. Lee, this may surprise you and your listeners as well. I will send a questionnaire to people that know me well for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. And I have 10 or 15 questions on that, that I ask, how do you see me in light of these things? And you're like, why would anybody do that? Why would you not do it? Why would you not want to know how other people are seeing you or ways that you could get better? See, my objective here in life is not to see how close to the edge I can get and not fall off. My objective is to see how far from the edge I can get so I can live an incredible life. And I can't do that alone because I'm not smart enough to do it alone. I need other people to help me. I sure think there are plenty of people who uh, would prefer not to hear from others, not for healthy reasons. And I think that's what you're really pointing to is that when we're ready to grow, um, we don't see it by looking in the mirror because we see the same thing we see all the time, but we, we have to see it through somebody else's eyes, somebody who's willing to give us a little feedback. And you know, your story is kind of that, um, you retire multiple times and each time your wife goes, okay, enough of this, right? <laughs> you got to get up and get moving. She told me I've retired more than the law allows. <laughs> the three times she's told me, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to tell her I'm retiring again. That's the feedback from somebody who can see it from the outside that right. you may not have noticed that there you are once again on the couch, gaining weight and, you know, slowing down. And that's the same thing that is happening in those groups where somebody else right. can say, you know, that's you great. say this, Aaron, but I'm hearing this. So what's going on there? And you have to, you know, man up to that or person up to that. Right. Those are great ways for people just to think about, you know, I mean, we've already talked about some processes that whether it's a mastermind or coaching of being more vulnerable with a, a certain group. I mean, you have to choose who you're going to be vulnerable with, but. Uh, how to find some people to be vulnerable with and, and more transparent with that helps you with your integrity. And so all of those pieces start moving together. How do you see that? Let's just talk some about your mastermind process. How does that play out into the members uh, finding significance in their life? Well, I think it's a slow process, Lee. It's not something that happens overnight. Uh, when I was meeting in Dave's office with the Eagles, that's what we called ourselves. It was a dozen years and it was probably six months into the process before I really started opening up 
because these other guys started sharing and I'm like, man, dang, I didn't know y'all had problems. Like seriously, y'all argue with your wife and you have problems with your kids and, and your cash flow is not awesome all the time. And it's like the light started coming on. And so I started sharing and that's the way it is with our groups. It takes time though. People have to earn that trust. And when even, you know, we even go a step further, we do a legal document called an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement that people sign because a lot of the people in our masterminds have big deals they're working on or a new product that they're launching. And we don't want somebody to come in and snipe it away. And we try to go through the vetting process, but people have to learn over time to trust people. And as you learn, you can trust them. You can dole you know, the information out. And it got to the point in the Eagles group where I could go in there or even in the groups. Now, I didn't have to ever preface it with, now you can't tell anybody and this is confidential and this is top secret. You just go in and say it. It's understood that what we talk about in this room stays in this room. Here's the thing that will get you evicted (laughs) quickly in our group. And I've asked people to leave. I've had people that didn't show up and, you know, found out that there was uh, There was a time where uh, they just used it to their advantage. And I asked the people to leave just because you're paying the money. Don't mean you're going to get to stay. We want quality individuals that are going to show up, that are going to share their life, be transparent and authentic and hold you accountable all along the way. That's why we're having such levels of success. And I could tell you stories for hours of men that are growing exponentially personally and professionally in every arena of their life because we're hardcore, Lee. You can only imagine I've kind of got a reputation for calling people out because I know how valuable it is in my life. And that's exactly what we do in our mastermind. Yeah, that's that's a powerful process. And you did mention that at least your process is for men. I mean, you, you do have that as a uh, a prerequisite for being in there. Yeah, there's um, great women's groups out there. Michelle Williams leads a great group called BVU, Better Version of Yourself for Women. And uh, yeah, we, I, you know, there's nothing at all. It's not a, you know, egotistical thing or it's not a male chauvinist. It's just that there's many issues that men deal with that you can't talk about openly in mixed company. Mm-hmm. At least that's the way my mom taught me. And so uh, I want to, really crack down on the men. That's our niche market. I've been involved in men's groups, accountability groups, and all that my entire life, you know, at churches and things like that. So I am a man, so I know how a man thinks, and I know the things that we need to concentrate on. Yeah, I do think that there are some unique uh, pieces on both sides, unique pieces to to deal with. I, I had that conversation with uh, one of my coaches this morning who happens to be a woman, and we were talking about what, you know, kind of what are the the different um, places where there is that there's a different way of getting to that place of, of feeling like there's significance and feeling like there's meaning right. and purpose that the end, I think the conversation gets less loaded uh, in that kind of place, which is um, kind of uh, the process that, that you're, you're following. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the process. If, if, if somebody's listening, first of all, um, let's talk a little bit about the book and where you can find the book. And then um, let's kind of open that up to what else, maybe they've got some interest in Mastermind, what would that look like and where they can learn more about that? Yeah, the book is simply called View from the Top and you can get it in any bookstore, uh, airports, uh, online, Amazon, wherever you want to go. It's View from the Top. Uh, You know, email me, I'll send you an autographed copy. You know, we're happy to do that too. But the thing and that we're let me just say before you go on, Aaron, sure. that, that that book it's an 
it's an easy read, not meaning it's lightweight, but meaning it's very conversational. You have a very conversational tone to it, which makes it very easy to digest. So anybody who's going, oh, I don't like to read. First, the audio is great. <laughs> but <laughs> And by the way, Aaron is reading it, so that's really cool too. But uh, the book is easy to digest uh, if you get the real book. So, But go ahead. I, I, I don't know if it's good. Listen to the Southern draw. I mean, how can it be yeah. good? Everybody says your country is country gets. But anyways. And that's who way, you are. It's the way God made me. It's who I am. That's right. The thing that is most exciting right now for us is that people started calling me, Lee, and they're saying, how are you scaling these masterminds? I mean, like, I've got one mastermind or two masterminds, or I don't have a mastermind. I'd love to have them, but you've got 15 groups. I mean, how did you do that? Well, I started coaching people, and they started paying me big money to coach them to do what I've done. And my daughter is my COO, and she walked in my office one day, and she said, Dad, she said, we've got all the systems and processes in place. Why don't we fine-tune those, create a video series, and let's call it the Mastermind Playbook. And that's what we did. So we created 30 videos and 90 tools, nine zero, 90 tools, templates, worksheets, swap files, you name it. And I teach people how to start, grow, and scale masterminds. And Lee, this program is unbelievable. And I'm going to brag for a minute. I'm going to try to be humble. But we leave no stone unturned. We teach you everything there is. And here's the beauty about it. People that are listening right now, you have a sphere of influence. You just don't have a platform to put the people on. So if you were to have the framework and you could bring people into a mastermind, it's not group coaching, so you don't have to have all the answers. You're just providing the framework. You're providing the place for people to come. It's like inviting people to your home. That's what you're doing. And everybody shares in the questions and the answers. Well, if you had one group at $500 a month and they meet weekly, that's a $60,000 a year income as an hour a week that you're going to meet on this one hour call. Now, there's some additional time that goes in. But two groups is a six-figure business. We're talking about 20 people. So it is a great add-on for people in their business. If you're a coach or a podcast host, or if you've got, if you're an engineer and you want to get a group of engineers together, this provides you that framework. But then if you really scale it and you can make it your source of income, like we've done, uh, you can make a very handsome location independent business. It doesn't matter where I'm at. I can lead these groups. And so not as the revenue only unbelievable, but the ability to have a location independent occupation that you can go and do anywhere you would like. But hey, the mastermindplaybook.com forward slash Aaron. If you're interested in that, go there. I would love to share more about that with you. And Aaron, are y'all currently taking uh, applicants for your mastermind to be filled up? We, uh, you know, as of today, I think there was one or two spots left out of all the groups that we've got. Um, uh, you know, there's always periodically somebody for whatever reason that, you know, they lost their job or somebody moves and it doesn't, doesn't work out for them any longer. There, there is opportunities to get in our group and you can go to viewfromthetop.com fill out an application and we're happy to put you on a waiting list. Or if there's, if you're lucky, there's a spot open. We would love to talk to you about being in the group. Great. And at the starting point for that, um, you've got a special landing page for listeners of this. It's viewfromthetop.com slash Thrivology and Thrivology spelled T-H-R-I-V-E-O-L-O-G-Y. So 
it's the name of the book, View from the Top, dot com slash Thrivology. Um, Aaron, thank you so much for being here. This has been wonderful. You've shared so much. And uh, what's very clear is your transparency all the way around this. I mean, you've shared intimate stuff and uh, have lived uh, that life out of integrity and I dare say making a lot of significance. Well, thank you, Lee. It was my pleasure to be here. Reach out if you have any questions whatsoever about the Mastermind or the Mastermind Playbook. I'm happy to answer your questions. Uh, Have a great afternoon, Lee. Thank you for having me. Thank you. listening to the Thrivology podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at thrivology.com or at thrivologymagazine.com. Remember that Thrivology is spelled T H R I V E O L O G Y. It's your life. Time to live it. Uh-huh.